Yeah, yeah, definitely. So then we need somebody to look up to for who working hard and that shit paying off and they stand down, bang, you yeah. know, keeping faith, whatever, whatever. Definitely look to Ed, man. So, yeah, never give up on yourself, bro. A lot of us, you know, look up to you from a distance or up close, you know, for our own inspirations and keep us motivated. So, yeah. Welcome to the Dreams by Any Means Motivation Station. I'm your host, Ed Doxon, and I would like to welcome you to episode six, the MVP featuring Mr. George Rice III, better known as Coach Rice. For those of you who may not know, Coach Rice is my mentor. and He's been my mentor since 2008. Coach has played a very important role in my life as well as my success. Today on this episode, we were able to sit down and we were able to talk about just my journey from 2008 to where we are here now. Now, you may be thinking about the MVP and what does that mean? It means exactly what you're thinking, the most valuable player. And the most valuable player cannot become an MVP without having an effective coach. So I would like to welcome you to the MVP featuring Coach Rice. Yeah, but, um, man, what's up, bro? Man, I'm cooling. Just glad to be alive. Glad to be alive. Yeah, for sure, man. How you Definitely doing, man? Good. Welcome back. Welcome I'm... back home, man. Welcome back home. Right. Right, man. I'm good, bro. You know, just been enjoying these past couple of weeks here. Um, getting ready for the birthday. You know, turning 29 in two days. <laughs> my man, my man. Yeah, so it's you know, uh, definitely already had in mind to bring you on the show. But I think at this moment right now, just mentally where I'm at, you know, just looking at my life, man. Over the last, you know, I would say 11 years when you quote unquote become an adult, turning 18, and just thinking about when we met in 08, and looking at two, you know, 2021 now. You know, it was just like an amazing thing. And I say that to say is, you know, I titled this most valuable player just based around, you know, the lessons that you taught me, the lessons that you've taught people around me leading by example. And not to toot my own horn, I believe that I have won MVP a few years, but I know I got a couple more to win. And I think uh, part of my success is that, you know, I want people to know that you can't really win this game without having a successful coach. And you've been my coach since 2008. So I want to bring you on the show so we could just, you know, drop some jewels and talk about some things that people could take away to help their lives be better. Man, I appreciate it, man. First of all, it has been since 2008. Number one, that seems like a like a blink. It seems like we blink twice and here we are. It's yeah, 20, it's 2021. <laughs> man. For real, man. <laughs> so let me let me let's give it let's give it some perspective. In 2008, uh, I think that was the first time Facebook what went. I think it went beyond. I think they stopped. College. Yeah, but we're beyond college. In yeah. 2008, if I'm not mistaken, was 2008? No, I think I think the iPhone, maybe maybe the iPhone 2 might have been out. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm just, I, I know, too, 2008, I remember I had this uh, Sprint Samsung, like, kind of like flip. It wasn't a flip phone, but it was like one of those standing tall phones. So I didn't even have an iPhone yet. Yeah, it, it, it's so crazy. But no, man, hey, listen, you know, all I know is this. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, I've mentored and coached a lot of people over the years, you know, from far away, up close and personal. But I'm going to tell you one thing about it. And I and I think that everybody has some sort of sixth sense and it varies. And I tell people, I believe my sixth sense is knowing when people just need a little nudge. And I remember the first time I met you at MMY. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, this cat is right there. I mean, you were right there on the fence. And I'm like, yo, he could easily, and you reminded me a lot of myself. He's like, yo, you could easily, (laughs) 
stay, you know, easily go ahead and be about that life. Or you could easily just be like, you know what, let me make the decision not to be. And by, yeah. by, by making that decision not to, not to do what everybody else was doing. I don't ever, I don't, I never saw you as somebody who said, yo, this is what I'm doing. Once you made a decision, you made a decision, right. And, yeah. and there's a, there's a difference, even, you know, Josh Hatch, who I, who I know, um, he's in an elite group of guys. He, he has a thing. And ever since I heard it, it made more sense. He says, make a decision and then make it right. Right. So it doesn't say make the right decision. It just says make a decision first and whatever that decision is, then improve that decision you already made. And so when you made that decision to be like, nah, I ain't going to be about this life. Mm-hmm. You right. You, it was no gray area with you. He's like, nah, I'm going to go ahead and do this thing. I got way too much brain power. I got way too much influence for who I am. And uh, man, it's been, trust me, man, it's been an honor and a pleasure to just watch you evolve and flourish. Quick story. When you graduated from DSU, yeah. I had gone to my own college reunion in Atlanta, but, and my, and my daughter had prom, I think that same night, it was, it was her junior year. And I okay. said, well, look, I'm going to fly back early from my college reunion because not only is my daughter going to prom that Sunday, y'all graduate. I said, no, no, no. I don't, if it, I'm, it would have to be canceled. I said, I got to see this dude walk across uh, the graduation stage, man. So literally, man, I, I felt like when you graduated, I felt like I graduated too. <laughs> yeah man hey man you was the first person like us here. like i still got the pictures man you was at the line yep. you know you was there before the whole family man <laughs> <laughs> you know because again i i literally saw you you was like yo man like i mean like it was just like i said that, that that's my sixth sense i can sense when people uh when there's something more when there's something more in somebody and, I, and i'm not saying that every time i said something to somebody they 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 took their own advice not my advice and made the decision i just know like yo something else is wrong and like even when i'm talking to people on the phone i'm talking to clients if i'm talking to my sister talking talking to anybody in my family if something is not right if their energy is off i know and i tell people a lot you know i've made i've made a living by speaking and communicating but my superpower is listening and most people don't realize that i was like no my superpower is listening um and that that sixth sense has helped me in my humble opinion have success over the years but really enjoy and be fulfilled by what i do yeah yeah no for sure man and, you know when you just mentioned 08 i think about it, we actually met in 07 because okay. now because now i remember i mean it was 07 08 school year but now i remember uh uh you know because you always in room uh, i think it was called room 150 man i always tell people the story like i was walking past the room to go up the steps i'm about to go to the gym go chill and like i had to double take i'm like I might not look like John Legend in there. Like that's the first thing came across my mind when I say you. I'm like, I'm like, and anybody that know me, they know I'm a huge John Legend fan. So I'm like, hold up. I'm like, John Legend up at MM. So I stepped back and then, you know, as soon as I came and started talking, like kind of what you said, you saw something in me. Like I looked at you and I'm like, man, like, you know, this dude cool, suited and booted. You know, y'all was in there just talking about getting students down to upward bound and recruiting and everything. And like from there, I was locked in. And you know, the story I always say is that once I joined Upward Bound, you could get promoted to the other side of campus. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming to like the programs, the tutoring, they like, oh, they're like, you know, they coach uh, George Rice is over in another department now. So I remember talking to Bria, you know, Bria Powell, shout out to Bria. 
I'm like, man, I ain't doing this program no more. Like, I only came in because, you know, George Rice did the program. But, you know, I ended up sticking with the program. Shout out to Thomas and Abby. And, man, y'all really, you know, I would say saved my life and really prepared me for college because, man, going through those upper bound programs, having those talks with you and everything, when I got to DSU, bro, it felt so natural. Like, and I already stayed in the dorms for six weeks at GW. I done went to the CAF and, you know, managed a little bit of money in the summertime. Uh, we went on every college tour, different speakers, Kennedy Center. So it was like, man, when I got to school, I felt prepared. Like, I didn't really feel scared or anything. It was like, oh, I kind of know how this goes a little bit. Yeah, it was the exposure. Like, you know, people say to me, it was the exposure for me, right? Because, yeah. and, and again, like you said, shout out to the Upper Bound Program at GW. Shout out to Ivy, Thomas, Deanna, that whole crew. Because Facts. Ivy was the one that hired me. Um, and it, it was it was crazy because again exposure is everything because you saw like yo like yo it's all right i can i can still be from northeast and still you know do all the stuff i still i have access i have Mm -hmm. access here ed you probably here's here's the funny part here was the one part this is one story i remember i was so pissed at you because you (laughs) on your way to alabama state you remember this oh yeah yeah (laughs) You was on your way to Alabama State. You actually said, all right, dog, I'm, I'm going to Alabama State. I said, okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, cool, cool. You know, you go ahead and you made the move. You went down. And it was like a six-week program, like academic, whatever. The day after graduation. Day. Yeah, it was a day after graduation. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I was like, okay. And then you hit me up, like, maybe a week or so. I don't, I don't know how many days you were down there. He said, like, yeah, man, I'm back in D.C. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, what happened? You, no, nah, dog, I don't think I'm going to go to college. What? Whoa. Huh? Yeah. What? Yeah, I would tell, yeah, I would tell that, man. <laughs> I remember Bruh. I say your office, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm about to get a job at Safeway, bro. I'm about to stack my money up right. and move but, to L.A. <laughs> well, well, yeah, you was talking about doing this acting thing. I was like, okay, that's fine. But wait a minute, dog. Like, hold up. And, and you just, <laughs> I said, you know what, man? We can't. Eat. I said, bro, come to the office. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> come to the office. We. I, I can't believe this. I remember... You know, I told Reese, I was like, yo, my man, Ed, I, you know, I was like, yo, he done went down there, folks, and done spent money. I said, yeah, I was pissed. Yeah. And I remember, I said, you know what, Ed, all right, fine. You made an executive decision. I said, okay, you're back here. And I, I said, you know, here's the, I, I remember I told you, I said, Ed, all right, so this is the decision you're going to make. You, you feel like you're not ready to go to school. Okay, fine. I was like, what's the plan? And I was like, Ed, you and your crew said that y'all was going to go to college. I said, I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. something, man. You're going to feel some type of way when you sitting on the steps and you watching them leave for school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Uh, I that. And so we went a while without speaking. And then next thing I knew you, you said, no, nah, man, I'm going to Dell state. I'm like, boom, let's go. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that was a moment for me where like, I always said, you know, like even when I sat in your office, it wasn't no preaching. It wasn't no, you know, this in the third, it was just pretty much like you were showing me like, all right, if this going to be your decision, you know, what else is going to come from it? And it was like, at that moment, I realized like, yeah, like this staying home, getting the job may not be the best idea. But also too, what you just said about exposure, you know how your office was, man. You had different students, different staff members, student leaders on campus coming in out of office. So even when I was in there in the office, I was able to see some of the benefits of what college was doing for some of those sophomores, juniors, seniors, or whatever. So even those visits to the office kind of woke me up like nah you need to might you might need to go up the road man and see what's up with the school stuff right and for you for you what i saw in you i was like it's just exposure i was like ed has support and you 
you know, you had to get, you got the gift of gab. I mean, that was evident. That was evident from the time mm-hmm. you transfer. And for folks that don't know, let me tell, let me tell my version of the Ed Doxon story real quick. <laughs> so Ed Doxon transferred from MM Washington to McKinley, right? Yeah. Didn't you become the student council president or your senior class president? Yeah, student government president. I, I ran my junior year, so my first year there, I ended up running for student body president. You ran your year. first year there, and you won, yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> And senior year, you did something else, right? Uh, Nah, I was just, I mean, I was actually president for that year. I mean, but we had a tough year with the protests, the firing That's of the right. teachers, meeting That's with the chancellor, was. Fenty. You know, we had a, we had a, yeah. what, quite a year. Right. But at the but at the same time, you were at the forefront of all of that. Yeah. I do, even though you 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 from Northeast, you were at MM Washington, MM shut down, you go to a whole new school. <laughs> and a whole new culture too. Like that oh, was the thing with tech. Exactly. Yeah, it was a well, where MM was, you know, about three hundred kids and yep. you might have had like 10, 15 people trying to, you know, do right and go to the next level. But when yep. I got to tech, everybody was kind of on that. You know, and it doesn't take nothing away from the teachers at MM because I had some great teachers and support system at MM. But at Tech, you know, the curriculum was different. Um, mm-hmm. The teachers were different. Um, just everything was different. So I was finally in a space where it was like, oh, you know, going to class, getting the 4.0s, extracurricular activities. Like, it was the cool thing to do. Like, you kind of was looked at as a lame if you wasn't doing that at Tech. Whereas yeah. at MM, you know, it was everybody who was trapping, getting money and doing those things. They was the cool people in school. But. One thing I could say, man, I think I just get it from my family. I've always had a gift of being able to relate to everyone and at the same time still being myself. But as you said earlier, you know, as a team, like you kind of you ain't got that much discipline. You could easily just take that wrong turn and your life be over. Bro, that cut that that was your crossover moment. Not only you had several crossover moments when we met at mm and he was like hey what's up then i saw you probably remember i saw you at the train station i saw you i saw you yeah. at metro center one i remember day. that yeah and the then GW. and then you transferred to tech right boom you become sga president boom you're at the forefront of all that teacher stuff and shout out to tech for their 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 teachers and their counselors they were yes, they sir. were always on it like they they literally like raised the bar and so yeah. you go from there then you go to dsu <laughs> become sga president again at dsu yeah <laughs> you literally man made history when i was at dsu last year i spoke at dsu last year for a conference it, it wasn't mm-hmm. associated with dsu <clears throat> it was a um excuse me it was a national conference that took place at dsu okay. and i walk up to the student center man and i promise you man whose face do i see on the student center every i mean even <laughs> before you graduate whose face do i see on the student center none of ed Doxon the third and yeah. I was like, man, this you got to write a book, bro. I promise you down the line. You got to do it right away. But but eventually, man, people just need to know that crossover moment. You know, everybody talk about when Iverson crossed Jordan like that. I mean, right. everybody knew Iverson could go. But it was like, yo, you just crossed the goat. And, and then you then you hit the jump shot to me that you making that decision and making it right to say, yo, I am literally going to give this a straight up shot and i'm putting all my marbles in this particular bucket and i ain't looking back i ain't letting nobody get me off my off, off my post man it, it's paid dividends because at one point in my phone you you were your your name was mayor Doxon. yeah <laughs> <laughs> it went from ed to ed Doxon to ed3 then it went to mayor Doxon. now in my phone is dreams by any means <laughs> yes sir nah man for real man. i appreciate it bro and it was you know like 
I, when I'm thinking about those moments, like, because another thing that was messing with me was like, you know, man, 08 was just crazy, yeah, bro. Like, that was when Ryan died. Yeah. That's when my boy Dante, you know, he ended up getting arrested as a team for something he didn't do. And by the grace of God, you know, he ended up getting off for that because he was facing some major time. Um, and, you know, everybody was just getting locked up in trouble. You know, uh, neighborhood beef was getting 10 times worse. So yeah. for me, it was like when I went away to school, too, you know, you kind of had that survivor's remorse where it's like, man, I'm the only one from around here going to school. I like, probably was one other person that went away to school, you know, football scholarship. But I was really the only one kind of going to school. So I dealt with that, too. Mm-hmm. In college, you know, I remember just being up there. Everybody had the dream of like, you know, you want your day ones to be with you and successful and go all the way. But you learn as you get older, like that ain't going to happen, you know, all the time. Most of the time that ain't going to happen. So I was dealing with that while I was in school. But at the same time, it was my motivation because like I had a purpose wall like in my room in college, I remember. And it was like the article of my friend Antonio getting sentenced to 91 years. It was a picture of Ryan. It was an article of my friend uh, Nutty being killed in Berry Farms. Like so those type of things I would wake up in the morning. Yeah. And it's like, man, you got to keep it going because like that could be your name up here on that wall easily, you know, yeah. so. It was definitely, uh, like I tell people all the time, like, man, definitely McKinley, man. Shout out to uh, David Pender, Principal Pender, like, man, because he gave me a shot. But when I left from MM, I was like a two, I think I was like a two, three, two, four. You know, Tech wasn't no walking to a park school. You it's had a, to have your stuff together. It's a blue ribbon school, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. when I went in the office, I remember I, I got my transcript from um, MM. And I remember the uh, registrar, like, yeah, you know, go up there, man, see what they're talking about. I'm like, man, they ain't going to let me, you know, McKinley. Like, I ain't about to waste my time. I applied to try to get into school where I was. I didn't pass their test. So I get up to McKinley. Uh, Pender's out running on the field. Uh, he's coming from his running the track. He's coming in. They like, I talked to uh, the security guy. She's like, yeah, wait for me to get in. So he come in. I'm talking to him. I never forget, man. I tell him a story. He came in, man, had on these shorts, uh, shirt, glasses. He looked like Kevin Federline. So, <laughs> so he, uh, you know, he like, man, come to my office. So I come to the office. I show him my transcript, show him my personal statement. And he like, you know, like, all right. So I'm telling him, I'm like, you know, when do I, you know, he like pretty much he's like, all right, cool. It's a go. So I'm like, when do I take my test? He's like, no, you're in. I'm like, when do I take the reading test? He was like, no, you're in. He was like, I'm going to give you a shot. And he was like, you go it again. I never forget. He had the, uh, this button on his desk. It was a James Brown button. You press it and say, I feel good. So, you know, man, he gave me the opportunity in 08 where it's like, man, I was trying to figure out what was next. And I know if I went to another school like an Eastern or school where everybody from MM went to, man, I wouldn't have really had the opportunity to grow at McKinley. You know, McKinley had this this saying of no excuses, just solutions. And, man, like my English teacher there, Dr. Anna Kinsman, um, you know, when I think about people like Sergeant, uh, Sergeant Wilson, like, Man, uh, Lisa Devlin, my DC cap advisor, like, bro, those people really, like, had my back and my classmates back. And it was like, man, when I got at McKinley, bro, I just felt like I could do anything. Like, from that, when you mentioned student government, shout out to my boy, Ed Hall. Like, I was the new boy, and I was running against somebody who was real popular. So, at the same time, they thinking, like, oh, man, you know, you're wasting your time. Originally, I posed around for vice president. But no lie, it was one night. I woke up and I had a dream that I ran for president. And I was like, man, what I'm selling myself short for, for number two? Like, let me go for number one. And my boy, Ed Hall, man, we was in there late at night. Bro, I'm talking about we in the cafeteria, nine, 10 o'clock. We had the custodians kick us out. We hanging up posters everywhere in the bathroom stalls, in the lunchroom, offices, counselor suite. Like, we just going in. And, man, we end up coming out with the win. But, like, for me, uh and a gift that i'm also still trying to work on was that you know a lot of people told me like you know you campaign hard but they said man when you had to speak 
they was like, that's when I realized, like, they was like, hey, I was going to vote for such and such, but they was like, nah, I'm going to vote for him. And people was telling me, they was like, yo, when you in your zone, it was like, it's just a natural thing. And like, man, when I got up there, I had like three, four pages for a speech, man. And I just put it all out there and told them my story. And honestly, even if I didn't win, I wasn't going to trip. Because for me, it was like, man, I'm going against the grain and I'm doing some things that my friends, you know, didn't have the opportunity to do or wish they could do. And man, getting in that leadership position and from being exposed to going downtown, like I said, with the protests, the teachers, you know, uh, having all that responsibility on you. Man, it just taught me so much stuff that I still carry with me today, like working in a professional world. Yeah, man. And it's funny because you, your birthday is February 21st. My 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 brother, my best friend, since we were in middle school, his birthday okay. is February 21st. And y'all are so yeah. much alike. Pisces. <laughs> y'all have, well, I'm saying you're a Pisces, you, you have influence. And I think sometimes what, you know, I tell him all the time. And I remember my mother-in-law said a long time ago, she said, out of, she said, out of your crew? She says, you know who got the gift of gab? She says, Sean does. I said, no, you're absolutely right. And my thing is, everybody has a superpower. And like I said, mine is I have a sixth sense, mm-hmm. right? Well, my superpower, my first superpower is listening. But then that 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 hidden, like, instinctive sixth sense is that, yo, it's like, nah, man, this dude got influence. And everywhere you've gone, Ed, like, from tech to DSU because all you did was you picked up you just well you didn't pick up you attracted everybody else look at your whole crew like Johnny um uh Damo uh you know um uh Kimani y'all's whole crew I mean look at the crew look at the family that look y'all started y'all y'all literally I didn't even say y'all shifted the culture y'all y'all like remixed regrouped uh metamorphosize if that's even a word the culture of student government because yeah. after y'all did that video remember I, I said that video to you and kimani about a month or two ago i said yo this yeah. right here was next <laughs> level wasn't no wasn't nobody doing this but like to know what you guys came up with in that concept and it wasn't just a thing where the video was dope it's like no nah, man they actually on the ground doing this thing and y'all literally i was like yo i tell people you know um, you know, I'm, as a coach, you know, I've said I've won over the years and <clears throat> so on and so forth. I said, but you know, what really, what really butters my biscuit, what really, what really gets me hype is to watch y'all really recognize your superpower and walk in your gift, man. And like I said, yeah. um, you know, everything that you've tried has bared fruit. Name, yeah. name one thing you haven't tried since we've known each other that hasn't bared fruit. And if it hasn't bared fruit yet, it's on the way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you got you got the masters, right? Boom. Okay. Boom. Had it not been for you know quarantine, man, you might have you might have been you was you were about to be international, Ed. Yeah, I know, man. You, yeah. Listen, let me see. Okay, let me in let Mexico me, let me for brag. three weeks, best three weeks of let, my life. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me let me brag on Ed Doxon real quick. I ain't had nothing to do with it, but let me just tell y'all <laughs> when Ed when Ed finished his masters, he had the he had the choice of four different cities, two here in the, the continental U.S., to international after getting his master's. Here's a dude from Northeast who was literally a decision away from not being a high school, well, a high school graduate, or a college graduate, a, mas- a, a person who has a master's degree, a mentor, a big brother, a, to having four different options of where he could go after he, and two of those options were out of the country. I was like, yeah. wait a minute. Remember, remember when you called me? You said, yo, man, I got, I got four choices. Yeah, I'm like, man, they talking Budapest. They talking <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> I'm like, worldwide, you know. 
and I remember y'all used to say DC or nothing. Um, and yes, I, you know, I used to hear a lot of people say DC or nothing. I'm like, man, listen, um, y'all, the way that y'all are moving in your gift, everybody's really, yo, man, I need to go get some of that DC water. Cause these, yeah. boys, these cats right here go super hard. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's the thing. Like, well, even, you know, it's funny, man, shout out to Tony, Tony, Lewis, you know, Tony coined that. And I remember first thinking, you know, DC nothing meant, you know, just like, man, DC, like everything here, but it really became from like, you know, started as a movement to unify like local artists. And then it went into community thing, but then it became a mindset where it's like, like you just said, man, like DC or nothing, meaning that, you know, you've been here long enough for, you know, man, DC ain't no walk in the park. So that same mentality that you have of like, you really got to have a strong mentality to avoid all the distractions here. And you still take some of those mentalities of like just in the professional world, reaching your goals, you know, everything like, you, you know, like I always tell people like, you know, we be texting me like, what's up, Slim? Like, <laughs> even those type things where it's like, man, I can't, you know, I, I can't be a Bama. You know what I mean? I can't right. go like that in certain situations. And, you know, like I said, with that purpose, well, you know what you could have easily been in this town like man this this town ain't no joke like yeah, it's man. so easy to get caught up because it's so small like i tell people all the time like you could go you could send your kids to a school across town but like people don't may not notice listening like there's no neighborhood school really here in dc like nope <laughs> the town is so small no i tell you even with school buses us not having school buses change the type of culture of commuting to school you commuting to school you you're going through some of the roughest neighborhoods. Yep. You may got to deal with some stuff on a, a ride buses. You run into people from rival neighborhoods. Man, it was times where, like with me, like I ain't no, never been no active super guy, nothing like that in the streets. But it's like times I'm going to school, people I grew up with, you know, they done went through neighborhoods the night before and people looking at me and want to take it out on me the next day. So it's like yep. those type of things. It's like, man, you, you really just can't, you can't even make it up. So when you get out of there to get exposed to something new. That's when I got to school, man, and people were still fighting and beefing. I'm like, man, y'all tripping. Like, why y'all, like, doing this? Like, <laughs> like I, man, I never give somebody, when we was running for SGA, somebody had, like, an issue with us, and they was really trying to, like, beef and get upset and all this, and I had to tell them, I'm like, look, bro, I'm like, man, where I grew up at, I'm like, bro, the smallest type of disagreements or beefs, like, lead to somebody getting killed, bro. And it's like, for that, I'm not, I don't entertain that. Like, cause I know, you know, like where that can easily go. And it's like, I'm grateful that I don't have to be in those spaces. I'm grateful that my temper isn't at a level where as soon as something happened, I go zero to 100 and I want to fight or I want to pick up a gun. So it's like, man, I was at DSU, like, man, y'all tripping. Like, this is heaven right here for a right. young black man. Right. <laughs> I, you know, and it's funny, it's something about the thirds. You Ed Doxon the third, I'm George Rice the third. It must, and I, yes, I feel like I feel like we and something about them thirds because for real, um, while we knew like from our respective hometowns, like we know we know cats on on both sides, like cats is really about something, and cats that was really about to be like, nah, we we about to we about to thug it out from you know from the womb to the tomb type of thing, yeah, and to still be in a place where you know you can come back home. And, you know, thank, you know, by the grace <laughs> and by the grace and mercy that nobody is really trying to, you know, stop, you know, stop you from flourishing. And, and, you know, it's just it's nothing but a blessing to be like, you know what, you know, I didn't just survive in college. I thrived. You know, I, I got my bachelor's. I got this master's. I, you know, and again, think of your network, man, of of the people um, and even the stuff. And again, the stuff that you and 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 Kenny and y'all are doing in, in War 7 and 8, man, just with 
you know, every year with the toy drive, y'all are doing Thanksgiving. I mean, you, it seems like you like the Energizer Bunny. You've never stopped serving. And to me, you know, I always say, you know, you're already a mentor. You're a mentor and a coach, with, and you don't even realize it. I ask people on my podcast, I say, I ask every coach, I say, who's the person that's coaching you that doesn't know that they're coaching you, right? Yeah. And somebody is watching Ed Doxon the third. Somebody's like, yo, that cat, you know, good looking dude. He got swag. Yo, he from around the way, but guess what? He, you know, he ain't, he ain't, he ain't no different from me. He ain't, you know, he, he ain't, he ain't no Bama. He ain't no nerd. He, yo, like he doing his yeah. thing. Like, oh, I could, le- I could legit do this if I have the right team around me. Right. And by committee, that becomes, right. that exactly. becomes that force, right. That becomes that, that, uh, what do they call them? The event y'all y'all become y'all's own version of the, of the Avengers. And everywhere you've gone, your team has been like the Avengers. Everybody brings a different superpower to the table and folks. And it's not like y'all gotta be, y'all were never the type that, you know, carried it like, yo, you know, this is what we doing. Like, he's like, no, no, we're going to be here doing this work. If y'all want to get down, come on. You ain't got to ask. And it's, it's similar, right? It's similar to what some of the cats are doing in the street. But it's just on the other side of it. Like, yo, we're not going to get arrested for serving people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're not going to kill nobody doing, you know, we're not going to kill nobody serving people. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just look at, you know, you being the MVP every year because, because of that decision, every decision that you made and you made it right. And, you know, I can't imagine what's ahead. Like, look at all the options you have now. <laughs> Even during even yeah, during bro. quarantine, look at the options you have now. Even during quarantine, <laughs> no, for real, bro. And it's like I, it's funny you say that because I was just looking through some pictures the other night and just thinking, like, man, I really was thinking like all the stuff I wanted to do before thirty. I'm like, all right, I'm about to be twenty nine. I, I really done did it. Like you know, even with the situation we talked about Mexico, like it didn't work out. You know, of me being over there due to the visa issues, but I still went. Like, man, I remember riding an Uber, bro. Like, no, like, I get to Mexico, I'm riding an Uber, bro. For for one, let's put this out there. I do not speak Spanish, so I'm on all <laughs> translator. Right. The car that they sent to the hotel come pick me up. It wasn't the same car that they sent me in the email. So I'm in my mind, like, you know, I watched too much Queen of the South. I'm like, bro, I hope right. these people like, kidnap me. <laughs> I'm like, bro, what's going on, man? We ride through. It's dark outside. I'm like, oh, come on, Jesus, Jesus, don't let this happen. <laughs> so, man, I get to the hotel, though. When I get to the hotel, I'm in Mexico City. So I'm like in the I'm to the mall, which is like Tinley Town area. So with that being said, you got a few people that speak English. It's the best hospitality ever. Nice hotel, all that, man. So I get into my hotel. I never forget getting a shower, bro. And I'm like, it hit me. I'm like, yo, like, you in Mexico. And it was like, it didn't feel too crazy, though. But then it hit me where it was like, all right, I've been moving so much. I've been taking so much risk. I've been removing the fear. It's like it almost felt natural. And at that moment, like, bro, when I was uh, getting those, I, mean, I was taking Uber everywhere. It was so cheap. And I was playing, like, uh, you know, this Nipsey song, man. And it's um, it's on that um, Mailbox Money album, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, man, you know, man, rest in peace to Nip, man. Like, Nip got so many songs that, like, if you're a hustler, you're a grinder, like, you just automatically relate to what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But it's called, uh, you know, Real real Nigga Moves. It's him oh, and Dom, yeah. Kennedy, Dom, oh, yeah. Dom Kennedy. And on that song, you know, he just talking about, like, man, like, just getting to it and excited. Bro, like I'm there, like yo, I'm mad, like, and um, I just say that to say, bros, I'm about to kind of two days. Like, I really was looking at my list. I've done 
all the stuff that I said I was going to do. Like, and I think for me now, it's like I tell people this right here is a foundational year for me where I'm getting ready for a new decade of 30. Uh, these next 10 years, like I'm trying to just go so hard. They say a man don't reach his full potential until he's 40. So, you know, like I'm really just in a space where like, man, I'm just I'm happy. And like some of you said earlier, you know, as a team and the quote you told me before, like choosing personnel ain't personal. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it's it's so important because there's some people where like I still got love for, but we may not be as close as we are because like, you know what? Our energy don't align no more. Or we on two different pages and I'm still cool with you, but I need people around me that's going to get me to the next level. That's like uh, we're starting a business, you know, starting a skincare line I'm developing, starting a podcast. I was telling my people like it was Damo, it was Kamani, it was Kenny. It was the people around me and my, you, you know, people in my circle that motivated me to get more into ownership compared to like, yeah, you could look up, a, you know, the Gary V's, you could look up the people who got the podcast, the celebrities, but man, when your own circle can inspire you to be better, it's like, you're going to always be good. Cause like I tell you, we have unintentional competition. Like we ain't, you know, trying to see do better, but it's like, I tell people all the time, like, bro, my circle, bro, like the people I just named, bro, my boy Zay, shout out to Zay. Zay just got a job with the Celtics. You know what I mean? I, I went to the, bro, a bucket list before 30. I got to go to the finals, bro. I'm mm. backstage with Aisha Curry, Steph Curry, the mm. KD, the kids. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, I went to see him in Indy. Uh, you know, we in a club, Victor Oladipo. Like, these are the type things where it's like, this just happened to be my bro that I met at Dell State. And through that, man, it's like so much stuff has been able to happen. Like, and I say that to say, man, just like having people like that in my circle. You know, shout out to Clint, Clint Saunders. You know, he's one of the managers of Meek Mill you know, uh, managing a lot of the uh, artists booking shows. Like I look at these people around me, like, man, I can't be no slouch. You know, I can't, I can't come to the table. Like, Oh yeah. You know, I'm doing this. I'm doing nah, like that be elite level. And that's what I'm on right now where it's like, man, people think, you know, oh, you've been doing this, you've been doing that. It's like, man, I just scratched the surface. Like I ain't even really hit what I really supposed to be doing. And one thing that you said, which I think I, uh, sometimes didn't really, uh, uh, didn't really realize it as much it's just naturally influence is something that's so heavy that man it's almost like whatever you kind of touch you can make it be great you know what i mean like so it's like when i look at the business i look at the podcast all the different type of stuff is like man the influence is, is so different and i get that for example you know being in pompano my boy joe like and you can't make it up i meet joe at the corner store joe like probably three four years younger than me right joe cool guy in the real estate he's from pompano joe is close friends with lamar jackson bro <laughs> pull up no house one night lamar's outside cooling right i'm telling joe you know uh you know uh the program about to end you know we about to get ready to make this move from pompano to the next location man like guy man like come here for you man joe gives me lamar's louisville jersey that i got right here in front of me right now signed and everything he actually got it signed at the baby shower i wasn't able to make it a baby, but signed and everything and you tell, you know, they call me DC down there. And you tell me, you're like, you know, DC, man, thank you for everything you've done for me, bro, blah, blah, blah. And mind you, like, when he said that, it hit me because it's like, I haven't done nothing for Joe, like, as far as, like, you know, like, giving him money or put him on the job. Truth be told, Joe's done more for me because he was, like, my tour guide in Pompano, telling me where to go, where not to go, connecting me with hookups. Uh, his dad works on cars. My car got hit. Dad fixed my car for way cheaper than I would have went, but Every time we pulled up, we had conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, we follow each other on social media. And mm-hmm. then it hit me where I'm like, oh, nah, like he's influenced by like some of the things that I've been able to expose him that he hasn't, you know, been exposed to. So 
And I just say that to say, like, you know, with, with influence, whether it's in corporate America, nonprofit, my business, I'm really like focused on this year, man, taking this influence yep. and using it to the best of my ability. And most importantly, like, in the day, people say everything ain't about money, but as we know, so you got to bring that to that. So I'm learning how I can use this influence, man, to really, really help shape my future and my kids and my grandkids. Well, man, let me let me charismatically and respectfully disagree with you. You say you didn't do nothing for 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 young bull, right? You say you didn't do nothing when, in essence, you did do something. Yeah. You showed up authentically as yourself, right? You know, Kevin Gay says it's cheaper to be yourself. It's right. always cheaper to be yourself. And what 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 you did, which you didn't even realize that you do, is when you show up authentically. In, yeah. your, in your superpower, you're going to attract the people that you need to have on your team. It's like if we go and hoop right now, right? You like you say, yo, I got next. You can pick who you want, right? <laughs> yo, right. I got next. So everywhere you've gone, you got next. Everywhere you gone, you got next. It's like, okay, it's a new, it's a new cat, you know. And the thing, the main thing is like, well, yo, he seemed cool. He definitely want to play. Let me run with him and see what we can do, right? Not let me run with him to see how many shots that I can that I can make. Let's see how many shots we can make. So to me, it's the ultimate pickup game. Like you were saying, you know, some some folks fall off or whatever. My thing is always, you know, not to always put it in the sports realm, but but it makes sense. It's like, yo, we all trying to play the game, but not everybody deserves to be in the league. Some folks got to go overseas. Some folks got to go. Yeah. To some folks got to got to get cut and waived. <laughs> or, you know, you know, I mean, not from your team, but from the league. Right. Yeah. Not necessarily from your team, because, you know, as you see all this camaraderie in the league and that's a whole other story, this all this camaraderie in the league where people want to click up to try to win rings or whatever. Sometimes that's not always a solution. Sometimes what you have to do is be authentically yourself with your own team and you have to ride that season out with that team just to see how you're going to grow. And maybe you don't have a winning season by by other people's opinions, but the metrics will show you. Number, you know, they say numbers don't lie. The metrics, the metrics are what the metrics are. But because you're on yeah. the team, the metrics matter. And when the yeah, metrics nah. matter, Ugh. like like I said, every every squad that you've picked up is it's a it's a quote they said, and in the in the company and oh, in a multitude of wise counsel, there is safety. In the multitude of wide council, their safety. So think mm-hmm. of everybody that's been on your team, right? And we're not even talking about safety from the streets, but there's safety. There, there is safety from the streets, right? But there's also yeah. <laughs> safety from imposter syndrome. There's safety from you feel, you know, a safety from you saying, yo, man, I'm scared about this, but yo, I want to try this, bro. Oh, bro, I'm about to do this, right? And so I was on, I was doing a, a live with Johnny about a, a couple of months ago, and I mm-hmm. told him. You, you said something about your bucket list before 30. It's two things. My father-in-law told me a long time ago. He says, uh, man, you ain't grown till you're 30. <laughs> before I turned 30, I was looking yeah, at Yeah, yeah, I heard that too. Right. And, and yeah. it makes sense. And so w- when you think about it, when you think about it, I always tell people, the first 30 is for training. The second 30 is for gaining. The next 30, there's no mm-hmm. need for explaining. <laughs> so you take yeah, that <laughs> if, if, if you're able to if you're able to see 90 both of my grandfathers were able to see 90 plus so i'm hoping i can see 90 plus right so by, by the time i'm 60 plus i don't have to explain what i've done other people it's, it's like in in uh in 300 a movie remember when he sent old boy remember when he sent old boy back he says no go and tell he says look i don't want you to go into battle with us go and tell my story 
Yeah. Right. And as that dude told a story, he grabbed his 300 and then they went into battle. So when I, when I always say, okay, who, who's coaching you that doesn't know that they're coaching you, people are watching Ed Dachshund the third, whether they grew up in Northeast, Southeast, Northwest, Southwest, it don't matter. They're watching Ed Dachshund and be like, yeah. So by the time you have crossed everything else off of your bucket list and somebody else, boom, they're going to tell your story. And again, nobody tells it like you do. Yeah. <laughs> but down the right. line, they're going to tell your story because they benefited from your example. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's not for sure, bro. And I, I appreciate that. And I agree, man. It's like, I just tell you, man, you know, everything for me too, man, like a lot of people, you know, should know if they follow me. Like I grew up in a faith-based home, you know, with my grandparents and my grandfather being a deacon for 40 years. You know, my grandmother and them. So, like, we went to Sunday school every morning. We know the blessings of God. We done had our challenges. And I say that to say is that even with having this ability to connect, you know, man, it's it's, it's a God-given thing where, you know, like, man, I tell people all the time, bro, like, people just be talking to me, bro. And I'm saying that to say I always have conversations with strangers, you know, but it's like if they start talking, I'm going to talk back. And then it's like I just noticed, like, man, the power of just being able to hold the conversation and just to spin back to, you know, connecting with young boy, you know, Joe, man, people that may not know, like Pompano ain't, you know, South Beach strip, like Pompano is Pompano. Like it's, a, it's like, you know, I moved from Baltimore, you know, to New York, to Mexico, then to Pompano, but I'm saying Pompano is pretty much like a, it's a, it's a rough little town. That's what Kodak and all them from. So I'm saying that to say, you know, when I meet Joe or go to Joe house, you know, Joe is a great guy, but Joe grew up in Pompano. He's from Pompano. He's with them people. So mm -hmm. I say that to say, it's like, man, my mother would always say this. She's like, hey, where you go? You always move in the hood. And it was like, <laughs> I didn't even intentionally move in the hood. Like, so my apartment, like you can see the view is amazing, but it's right outside of what, what Pompano. But I always say, I'm like, man, I'd rather be around. I know that I'm going to be able to connect with them. Even when I was there, I was looking community stuff but you know COVID happened and that kind of ruined everything but I remember walking up to the rec center man talking to one of the directors and saying like you know man how can I make my impact and honestly the mayor actually emailed me back probably like a month ago and I still got that email and some of the council members replied too so that's still something in the works mm -hmm. you know and I just say that they were like I always keep that community mind and uh and I'm sorry if I'm staring off topic a little bit but no you're good from the Vegas to the you know what, what Delaware to Vegas to Baltimore to Pompano, like, man, being in all these different cities, the lesson that it taught me is more so the two is that, man, the Black struggle is really the same everywhere. Like, we all kind of going through the same things. Absolutely. And that also keeps me grounded, where I think sometimes people can reach success, they can become removed from, you know, what's happening. Or, you know, like they say, that, that elite Black uh, black people and thinking they this or thinking like, oh, you know, uh, there's no struggle for the black man because I'm good. I got my job and this black people work with me like hell nah. I was reminded <laughs> every day I drove outside, you know, the gates uh, in Pompano. Every day I was on my way to Towson. I lived in East Baltimore. So like I was reminded and like shout out to Baltimore, one of my favorite cities. But that experience there, bro, really showed me mm -hmm. like true poverty. I've never, when I first went to West Baltimore uh, with my boy Barry, I never seen poverty, still to this day, never seen poverty like that in my life, bro. Like, yeah, I'm man. talking about, it woke me up. I'm like, geez, like, you know, be grateful what you got. 
And then on the other side, it's like, man, you got to play your role in bringing your people up in whatever capacity that is. And that's even yeah. like now me working in HR. I'm looking at so many ways I could take these HR skills of resume building, interview skills, um, you know, uh, code switching and how I could teach young brothers in whatever community to get into these roles. Because, man, I, I see it every day. It ain't, man, I, I get in there and they say, oh, we're diversity. We this man, it's probably me and one other black dude. You know what I mean? So it's like, man, I just say that to say, like, I just. I'm, I'm thankful for the influence and having the ability to connect with people because, man, that's really what I know is my purpose. And that's what I've been focusing on more is how do I take this purpose to the next level? I know my purpose is to influence people and help people get to the next level, but it's like, in what capacity? Is that going to be in politics? Is that going to be in corporate? Is that going to be community? Is that going to be podcast? Like, and at the end of the day too, it could be all of them. So that, yeah, like that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't limit it to one lane because I think no matter why I know, I mean, it's proof. Now, here's one thing real quick. I'm being serious, but I'm being, but I'm being silly too. So you got at least live in Houston and Atlanta. So now you can say Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. Now yes, sir. Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, <laughs> Mexico City. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, but I got I got to get down into the A. Hey, Keisha, if you listening, I got to get down into the A. Hey, you listening. I, I got to get that. I, I never chose the A out, but I was like, I got to go for the right opportunity. Yeah, just for a season. But, but you know, what you, you said something, you know, like you said, your superpower is you're an influencer, but you're also a servant. And I feel like HR is yeah. such... Is such a for 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 this season is such a great opportunity for you to have influence on both sides of the desk, right? Or for regardless of who, what candidates look like, but now you not only become the recruiter and the advocate, you also become the coach. Mm-hmm. And if you know, again, because of the because of the people that you've exposed yourself to that you associate with. Uh, all you know, it, it gives you that exposure gives you perspective, and you don't realize when you're going to have to use somebody's story or something somebody gave you to be like, yo, look at it this way. In addition to your own particular understanding and wisdom that you that you're gaining just you know by your experiences in life, you don't realize how much that's going to come into play as you begin to, you know, just you know wh- wherever you go. So I'm saying, no, don't don't limit yourself in terms of what arena that's the thing about you and my brother sean as pisces born on the same daggone day man everywhere y'all go it's like yeah. you you find your lane and people not only do new do you know people people know you and they know what you do yeah and they know what you have the power to do and so my thing is don't take that don't take that particular network lightly just make sure you, you keep the network fresh not for you but for somebody else. And so anytime I'm, I'm doing business with anybody, I'm literally, or even for people I'm, I'm not able to do business with, I'm like, listen, if there's anything I can do for you and yours, just let me know. Is it an email introduction? Do you need me to push your resume over? You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I, I get that honestly from watching, you know, my parents always being in their particular lane, but always being willing to help our people. So, you know, and to touch on what you said about always moving back to the hood. I mean, it's just one of those things where, again, you have always been somebody that was never on some old upper echelon stuff. You like nice stuff or whatever, whatever, but it's like, yo, I'm never going to deny the part of who I am. And that's why that's what, that is what is so scary about when Pac and Nipsey exited this earth because, you know, Pac said it best. He says, listen, y'all, he says, there is no, did a couple albums, made a couple movies, comfortable black neighborhood. He says, 
because I've had this particular success, I've got to move away from my people. He says, why? Because they'll rob me. He says, why would they rob me? Because they're starving. And Mm -hmm. when I look at their examples of what it really means to still be, because y'all, you know, Nip was making millions, but he still lived in his house in in the Crenshaw district. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I I think there has to be, you know, it's just unfortunate. Those particular brothers had to be martyrs, right? But I, I, I think their life has more purpose now that they're gone because it's like, wait, man. Did y'all just see what they did <laughs> and who they were doing it for? They never separated. Yeah. Themselves. They never stopped the way they talked. They never, you know, yeah, their circle may have changed slightly. And again, unfortunately it had to be somebody that, 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 that was in, uh, that was right from the, right from the print, right from, right from the set that, that took Nip out. But, but the thing was, I, I really believe that Nip was his, his particular mission in his life was he served, he served his purpose, bro. He served, he served his that, purpose and and young people man. could see like, yo, okay, there are certain things I can do, but never, ever, ever, ever leave somebody from my neighborhood. In other words, let me, let me make sure I speak to everybody in the neighborhood. Now, if they know who I know and they don't take advantage of it, it ain't my fault, but you know, I'm willing to help you. Cause I didn't help I didn't help five or 10 or 15 or, or 25 of the homies that, you know, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make them, I didn't get the opportunity for them. I just let, I gave them a starting point. Like, yo, what you need? Okay. I'm going yeah. to, I'm going to introduce you from there. You got to do what you need to do. You got to, you got to work, you got to work your ministry. You know what I'm saying? And so no, man, I, I think you're just the type of person that's, and again, that's, that's the one thing I saw in you. I said, nah, this dude is different. That's six. I was like, nah, man, this, this, I, I don't know what he plans to do, but whatever he does, once once he gets his mindset to it, once he makes that decision and makes it right, watch out. And that's why I say, you know, if you end up being a mayor of DC one day, come on. <laughs> if I ain't living in DC, no, I'm moving back to DC. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, I, I mean, I'm saying I'm in the area now, but I'm saying if I'm somewhere in Houston, LA, or wherever I'm, if I'm living internationally, like Ed, okay, how long is Ed mayor? Okay, I'm moving back. That's the kind yeah, of influence man, you rap. have, you know what I'm saying? And I'm, I, I ain't, I ain't blowing smoke. I'm, that's real rap. Um, and and that's just one of those things, man. And like I said, mm-hmm. I'm super excited about 29, 30, and beyond 30. I'm super excited about where your gift is going to take you and what opportunities that 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 are going to uh, that you're going to attract and allow other people to be a part of. Man, I'm I couldn't be proud of you, man. It's I'm telling you, man, like that, like when I, when I came to your graduation at DSU, man, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. By the way, real like off topic. Hey man, did I ever, did I ever give you that poster from when you were um running for SGA at um McKinley? Did I ever give that to you? Nah. Well, there was one that you made. No, it was, it was the old one from when you were at McKinley and you, you had shown it to me. You had uh, dropped- I think you, you sent me a picture. I, I Yeah. I think you sent me a picture. Ah. Okay, when I cleaned out my office at GW, I could have sworn I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna give this to Ed." It might be here. Let me let me look around the crib. I still got it. I think it might be out in the garage. But you know, when I find it, I'm gonna definitely get that to you, man. Yeah, yeah, man. Nah, for sure, bro. Like it's yeah, bro. And it's like you know, like this for me, like it, it, this this moment right here we have and just refreshing because it's like, man, I'm just two days away like geez man like I remember when like I was 15 16 like and thinking like dang am I gonna make it to 21 and I say that because it was just like you know Ryan got killed at 15 people around me killed so young so it's like you just thinking like dang is this one moment 
you know, going, 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 you know, it's one moment going to end up, you know, taking my life or, you know, those type of things, man. So it's like, and I think for now being an adult, looking back on that stuff, studying social work at DSU really helped me so much put things in a different perspective and still just seeing the unfortunate situations that black men got to go through in this city um, on a national level from police brutality, you know, whatever it may be. It's like, man, you sit back every day and you're like, man, like I'm, I'm blessed. Like, you know what I mean? Like I got to take advantage uh, this opportunity what I have and it's like uh you know when you said about your boy early and us being alike man I've had these creative ideas and just stuff in my mind forever but it's just the act of really doing it like I sometimes people tell me you know there'll be certain stuff man if it's from joking if it's from just anything people always say you know man you miss your calling and I say that to say because man when I was at McKinley you know McKinley's a mass comm school and my focus everyone was biotech you know, uh, uh, IT, but I was doing mass media. So the radio and the TV stuff, you know, we would have to do that to get grades. But when I would do these projects like that, we like, like, man, you, you natural with this. Like, you know what I mean? And shout, like I said, shout out to my church upbringing. Cause I was doing Sunday school, man, as a young boy, like every week having to go up front of the church, speak, recite Bible verses, give the, uh, two takeaways. And I was learning these lessons as one in one day compared to like everybody else had a week to study because I only came to my grandma's uh, for the weekend. So just saying that to say is like, man, having the ability to do those things and, and now just reflecting, like I've been reflecting back on my life and like, you know, he was doing this with mass calm and, you know, like you mentioned earlier, one day man, I was trying to do the little acting thing. Like, man, I remember that phase, like even when I was in some of those classes, they was telling me like, yeah, like you kind of natural with this. So now it's like, man, I'm at the point of like, man, I think I didn't, miss my calling at all it was like i answered the other calls that were meant to be done at that time you know working with mario in 2016 like mm. it was like i had experience it was a good experience it was experience so i was like oh this might not be the thing i want to do but in that moment it was something i bro i said and, and, and ryan got killed and i got on the dc advisory council i went the way to dell state and i said one day i want to work for the mayor one day I want to work overseas for national business. Like all in the power words is just so real, bro, because all of that stuff happened. Like man. all of it happened. And sometimes it just happened with like, man, it just sometimes they say stuff fall in your lap. Like I definitely believe in hustle, but sometimes stuff you just fall in your lap. Look, man, listen. I really believe words create worlds. Yeah. They really do, man. And I I believe, you know, people, you know, I, I never ask young people what they want to be when they grow up. I'm like, look what are you willing to just fail at big, you know? And my thing is when you, when you realize that even if you're doing what you were meant to do, you will fail at something, something will take a hit. But my thing is that as long as you don't stop, and that's the thing, Ed, you've never stopped. (laughs) Yeah, man. Never stopped. And that right there is the key. Anybody that we've seen in any field of endeavor Man, I want it when I when I hear when I see people like Diddy, when I see people like Elon Musk, when I see people like, you know, Warren Buffett, yo, man, tell me about the times you just hit. You just tanked. You hit rock bottom. I want to know those stories. I know what you I know what you have amassed. But, yo, tell me at that time, like, yo, man, bump this. I ain't doing this shit. I'm about to just go get a job. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know those stories because I tell everybody, I don't think anybody is afraid of success. And I don't think anybody fears failure. I truly believe people fear maintenance. Because yeah. think about it, Ed. Every, Absolutely. Every, everybody wants to have that 
that certain physique and every and anybody can have it but you know what it takes you can't stop yeah <laughs> you know yeah. people are like yo okay yo when i well, i'm gonna get my summer body damn it you gotta have a fall winter and spring but you can't just get your body for this oh you know dudes and guys dudes and girls be like oh i'm gonna get my summer body i'm like get your <laughs> life get your life body Right. <laughs> get your life body. Get your get your life whatever. And so my thing is, you know, I know that your example, you've coached me and you didn't even realize it. Most wow. people don't realize it. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I tell people, I said the 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 folks that I've mentored and or just listened to or advised or coached or whatever, or just built capacity and relationship with and covenant with and brotherhood. That's like, man, please, y'all might think I'm giving the advice, but sh- I'm learning. I'm mm-hmm. learning from y'all. I'm learning from your stories. I'm learning from your examples. I'm learning just watching your work ethic just grow and expand and go deep and wide. And Ed, we are so much alike that you don't even realize just, just if we compare our stories growing up. I tell people, I said, I lost as many many homies while I was in college is probably almost more than when I was in high school. I mean, from freshman year, you know, my man, Leon, I, I literally th- had, I been with him. I left him for 30 minutes. He was shot and killed. Uh, my man, Reggie had, had, had I been home the night he came by my house. Cause they, he was going over on, on, on the South side to go shoot pool. I don't know. I might've caught the bullet. You know what I'm saying? It's just a gang of stuff that had happened. I was like, okay. Nah, it it wasn't meant it wasn't meant for me to go right now. And like you said, mm-hmm. you know, when I when you started, you know, dreams by any means, I'm like, yo, that says so much on so many levels. Some people just look at it as a as a tagline. I'm like, nah, man, this go deeper than what what you see. You know, I, one of my favorite pictures, you know, I, I love the picture that you use it for the podcast. But one of my favorite pictures, throwback pictures of you is the one where you and Ryan was in the car. Oh yeah, yeah, I love that one too, bro. I gotta get that blown <laughs> up for real. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, and like I said, I think you understand and you value brotherhood and you value yeah. people and you value family and you and you value just everybody going to get it. No matter what it is, you, you just like, yo, man, how can I help you get it? Like, I ain't going to get it for you, but let me let me throw you a bounce pass. You know, mm-hmm. I, and I tell people, I say, yo, tell me this. Just I, I just tell people, I say, look, run the lane. I'm going to throw you a bounce pass. All you got to do is lay it up. <laughs> Yeah, nah, for real, man. You know, and I tell people that's 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 my vision. I was like, even though I'm a coach, I said I want to be the all-time assist leader. Yeah. Period. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's and that's. I mean, am I saying you know that's the that's the really most important the person that sometimes throwing the assist. So yeah, it's yeah, it's one of them things, man. It's one of the things, but like you said, man, you know, you, you started a podcast and, and if any young people are listening, um, sometimes you, you can't draw out the plan. Sometimes you just got to try stuff and you got to fail and then you got to try the same thing again and try the same thing again and try the same thing again and fail again and try again and fail again and try again. But yeah. sooner <laughs> And people think that the win is when you get to the goal. Nah, the win is who you become. The win is who you become. That's mm-hmm. who you become. It's not, I tell people, I I if if I could take back all the championships, you know, I want AU, my teams have won AU tournaments. I've I won city championships in my in my hometown. 
was like, you know what? What sticks with me longer than those trophies is the relationships I still have with my players. And I'm watching yeah. them be husbands and fathers. I'm like, man, that's the trophy right there. Like, you know, there, there were, there were, I felt like I became a better coach when my players saw me at my most vulnerable moments. Mm-hmm. They saw me cry. They saw me, you know, um, they, they heard me apologize. Um, you know, they, they, they just, they saw me face immeasurable odds just with just everything. And I laid it all out there for them. And that was just that moment of growth, man. I mean, we failed together. We won together, but we always remember the what, things that are most memorable are the times in between there. And that's what I always tell people. I say, look, it's either at the peak or you're at a valley, <laughs> but it's yeah. all it's all about perception, man. And you know who you become in the process is is. And like I said, I think about who you become in the process. Just compare yourself to who you were at at 25. Yeah, <laughs> you were still driven, but think about what was important at 25. Right, and that's honestly for me. That was kind of like when life, like when I turned 25. That's when I started looking at. This life's a little bit different. I said, you know, before 30, that's when I was looking like, all right, you got five more years. And kind of what you said, you know, uh, your father-in-law told you life started 30. Um, my mm-hmm. big homie, shout out to KJ, he told me the same thing. But I remember one day I was in Baltimore and me and my boy Barry, you know, we was talking about this. And he was just like, you know, he was like, you know, man, you doing this, you doing that. We all doing it. He was like, bro, he said, you know, he said, man, our generation said we'd be wilding, bro. He's like, we'd be thinking life ends at 30. Really and, you don't. know, that's come from, you know, that's come from social media where, you know, man, you in your office doing your nine to five, you hop on social media, you see a story about a 21-year-old millionaire or an 18-year-old millionaire. So you think like, oh, I want to be the youngest running. And and I used to have that mindset, like uh, Anita, Anita Foster, my girl down in the A, she's from D.C. too, um, one of my closest friends. And she told me, you know, said, don't focus on being the youngest. She said, focus on being the thoroughest to do it. Man. You know, she was talking about how, like, you know, um, what's the guy from uh, 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 Moonlight, um, the actor, okay. the one the one to yeah, I don't want to chop his name up, but she yeah. was saying, you know, he won his first Oscar. I think like it was like late thirties or early forties or something like that. Listen, so she's like, you know, don't, don't put a time or thinking like I want to do this about there. You know, all us want to be young Kobe. You know, we want to be Braun. You know, straight out of high school. But right. man, I think what I'm learning now was that you know, I might get a blessing or opportunity. That same blessing I might get, have gotten at 23. Me getting it now at 29 or getting it at 33, now nah, I'm going to be able to handle it way different because I got the lessons and I got way more wisdom than if I would have got it as a young. I tell people all the time, this is the coach racism, I think, for next week. <laughs> Undisputed Third. is better than undefeated. Undisputed is better than undefeated. There's not a person in any field of endeavor that is undefeated. Uh, you had to yeah, lose. Man. You had to lose at some point in order to become undisputed. <laughs> now, a lot yeah. of people, and we could talk Floyd or whatever. Okay, he's undefeated. But one thing's for sure, he's not undisputed because he's undefeated. He's undisputed because he didn't stop. And y'all can we could talk boxing on a whole nother level. But even yeah. if you think, <laughs> even if you think Floyd shouldn't have won some of the fights he won, guess what? He didn't stop. <laughs> yeah, for real. He just didn't stop, man. They just don't stop. They just do not stop, man. And so, you know, it's better to be un- undisputed because when people say, who was that dude from D.C. Dreams by it was Edward Doxon III. He's undisputedly, you know, a, just a real dude, uh, a good dude. He give you the shirt and the, and the beater off his back, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and to me, man, I think, 
um, what is so rewarding is watching who you've become in the absence of people's eyes. Mm -hmm. Right. Because we marvel at people and who the product they are now. I marvel at what you're doing out of the sight of the general public. Cause when I, when I see you and I hear you, I say, man, he on the move. And that's why I say, nah, man, you coaching me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's, man, it's, it's definitely like, I just, I just sitting back like, man, I'm just grateful. Like, cause I know for me too, man, I'm hard on myself a lot. And I think that's a good and bad thing, but, it's like, you know, you thinking you want to do this, you want to do that. And I'm just like, lately, I've been sitting back like, man, I ain't even, I ain't even touched, like, you know, I ain't even touched it yet. Like, people think, like, you know, you've done this, but, you know, the master's done. You know, like, I just think about, like, I, I was in Dell State, I want to get the master's by 27. You know, the master's is done. Um, and I got it done before, you know, by 27. And it's just like, now I'm just thinking about what's next, you know, what is next. And it's like the circle I have around me from, entrepreneurs from you know people uh, uh, uh buying commercial property people doing their thing with the stocks bitcoin and kind of what you're saying about the mentor thing and you know you uh met greg shout out to greg man people that i mentored too like they are now my mentors like in the sense where it's like you know man i talk to greg all the time and greg motivate me greg done done reach heights that you know a guy from southeast washington dc greg done been working at deloitte he's now at booz island you know, he doing the stocks, you know, he doing his thing, man. And it's like those type of things really motivate me. Like, and, and it's just like, man, it's, it's, I'm grateful. And that's what this whole podcast is about is me really showing the world. Like, look, you can have a grit, you can have a drive, but it's like, I want y'all to see the people that I've met along my journey and the people that I'm, you know, continue to connect with. Cause I also got some guests that I've interviewed that I just may have met a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago, but showing them that this is the importance. Like when they say, it's lonely at the top, man. I think that thing is a little bit true, but it really ain't that true. Like, it ain't lonely at the I mean, It's probably lonely if you just up there and you, you selfish, but it's a lot of other people that's up there at the top, and you're going to need those people to keep going and keep going. And kind of what I said on the gram, uh, you know, a couple uh, months ago was that, you know, like, hey, I'm going to see y'all at the top. But it's like, even if I don't, I'm going to reach my hand back or I'm going to use one of my plugs to go help you get up here. And it's up to you if you're going to climb this ladder or not. Hmm. <laughs> that's that's just how how it simply go and i say man everybody around me they they motivate me and they've been climbing this ladder and i understand now the the saying of everybody can't go everybody can't make it because it's like people got to meet you halfway and that's one thing i learned about social work when i first was studying social work i was realizing like you know how do we do this work without being emotionally attached to it but it was like you know no social workers help people get their life in order but the people got to be willing to take advantage of the resources that we're providing, the therapy that we're providing, um, the policies that we're advocating for and all those not, you know, uh, things. So yeah, man, it's uh, I'm excited, bro, for, for this, this, this 29th year. And, you know, even for me going to Vegas on Sunday, right. Mm -hmm. I think I was, you know, people think like, you know, people think Vegas, they think turn up, you know, uh, you going to do that up, but it's like, bro, nah, like I lived in Vegas, you know, right at the Dell state. Right. And the thing to go back to connections is that, I'm in my phone right now and it's a good five people out there that I connected with in a short time there that are like family that have taken me under their wing from my barber to my uh, former coworker, Brittany, to my big homie, Steve, uh, my mentor when I was at MGM through the company, he's now in the seas is Adam. So it's like, I'm looking forward to go catch up with these people, but I'm also at a moment of like, okay, 
let's let's go back to the place where you started at, where you you graduated school, you went out west, you know, you took a shot at it, you ain't really like it, but I left away with you know more than the money and more than the experience and the resume. No, I left there with some great relationships that I'm still able to have here in 2021 that I established in 2015. So I was like, man, I'm going out there to really just bro celebrate life, sit back, reflect. And, you know, man, I just work on myself and have a good time. But it's like, for me, when I realized, you know, booking the trip, because I originally would go out the country, but I booked the trip and I said, you know what? Now nah, this trip make more sense. Cause it ain't just like me going to Vegas to, to, to be on the West coast and enjoy the weather and the good things about it. But it's like, man, let's go back to where your career started after school. Let's go back and be in this environment for a week. And, you know, while I'm out there, of course, I'm not saying I'm about to go out there and, and work on reasonable doubt or the blueprint one, you know, like be locked in, but, I'm going to go explore. I'm going to go to the Red Rock Canyon. I'm trying to uh, go to um, the Grand Canyon, you know, get outside, uh, work on the business, uh, and also try to do some interviews while I'm there. But just be in an environment where I was at 23 hmm. when I started and thought I knew it all. And now I realize, man, you don't know nothing at all. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? You thought you knew it all. Like, oh, I got my job. I'm out here. This, you know, and it's like now I'm like, all right, now let me go back into this space and just you know, man, just get ready for this next year. Cause this is, like I said, this is a foundational year for me, chief. And I'm telling you like, bro, like I've been telling my chats this, like, I'm going to be a problem at 30, like 30 and over all you 30 and over Bama's that's in that 30 and over club. I'm telling y'all get your stuff together. Cause it's like, now that I know what I know and I got the different tools and I'm wise, it's like, all right, I'm still open to making mistakes, so that's how we're going to learn. But now I know, like, nah, I know how to drive this car way different. I know the different routes. I know all the speed traps. It's like, it's just up with me, bro. It's, it's, it's always there. And, like, I'm, I'm really excited for this. Feed the beast. Feed the yeah, beast. Man. <laughs> Feed the beast. <laughs> I love sure. it. Talk, talk that talk, man. Like I said, I'm proud of you, bro. And I'm I'm just super honored to, to hop on and build with you. It's always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, happy early birthday. Appreciate uh, that, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't think the world is ready for, for for what you are about to bring to the world yeah. and give them, not necessarily take. And I think sometimes when people hear other people profess and self-actualize, they feel like it's all about what people are going to take. And mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like what you are getting ready to do the seasons that you are getting ready to flourish and evolve in is what you're going to give to the world not what you're going to take so yeah nah for sure bro hey i got my popcorn ready (laughs) for sure man and i was just thinking too man about just us man we can't in this episode without shouting out the great kobe bryant you know what i mean one shout out to the great Kobe man like because I just think about everything we're talking about about discipline preparation being great building teams like man Kobe was all that like and that's why people when he died people thought it was like I was like yo that wasn't just an athlete like I, I modeled how I move and my success and what I wanted to do just as a man after him because you just seen it like he just man that boy was a beast like I, I never forget uh, recently bro I was reading it, Bradley Bill said man he said well, we would play he said against them he said Kobe would make a, a a hiss like a snake when he wanted the ball. Listen. He said, man, it threw me all the way off. He said, man, this dude was different. <laughs> right. And let, let's 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 keep it a buck, Ed. There are a lot of I feel I, I tell a lot of people, I feel like Kobe got a lot of fake love after he passed. Um and that's okay. Um because you know it is it is what it is. But again, he was undisputed. His work mm-hmm. was undisputed. 
undisputed. And if anybody, you ain't got to be a Kobe fan. You ain't got to be a Tom Brady fan. Watch their, watch their stories. Look at their documentaries. What I love about Kobe is not even necessarily the five championships that he won. I love who he became as he failed. Right. Yeah. And honestly, real rap. It wasn't until after he died, bruh, I completely forgot about the court case. Right. <laughs> I was like, yo, that did happen. But I love the fact that I forgot it because once that happened, his focus was more laser than it, than it had ever been. And what Ever. most people don't understand is he was such a ferocious competitor. And most people were like, well, yo, man, why didn't he get, why didn't he do like Bron and them and bring all his friends? And I said, no, Hey, Kobe brought other guys with him, like Chris Paul and cast that he could actually play with. I said, people think, Oh, he wouldn't have passed the ball. And that, that wouldn't have been it. I'm going to tell you what, had Kobe invited those guys, he would have played beyond 20 years and that would have done more damage to his body. And he knew that. Now, if you could go back, if we could go back and ask him, like, nah, man, because if I invited those dudes, I would, if we didn't win, I would be fighting mad. And I don't want to be like that. I got four daughters to raise. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, I, and, and I tell people, I said, no. I said, he he could have played longer, um, you know, gotten the right team around him. Yeah. You know? But he was like, nah, because if I if I pick up a, you know, a boogie or, you know, whoever, if he had his pick of the litter, you know, if it's whomever, D-Way, it don't matter, LeBron, anybody, he'd be like, nah, because, I, you know, if I got this squad, we not losing. And the moment we lose, I'm fighting all y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I respect it, too. He said something like um, they was asking him how, what, what made you stop. He also was saying, like, he was like, you know, when I just woke up one day and I didn't feel like the love that day, he was like, nah, like this ain't it no more. Well, like he was saying he was that committed where like it was basketball every day, giving a thousand percent. And I took that away from just like, man, the stuff we do in life is like, man, if you ain't passionate about it, you're not going to really give it your all and get those results, you know, that you want and that you want people around to see. So, yeah, man, he was a beast. And I, it's funny you say that because I never forget that video when he came back from the injury. They was in there practicing. He said, well, y'all boys in here. He said, y'all soft like Charmin, huh? <laughs> yeah. And and most people thought, you know, and, and the thing was, you know, yeah. People are like, yo, man, Jordan was an asshole. Kobe was an asshole. I'm like, listen, Jordan said something in the documentary that, that really struck a chord with me. He says, do you want to win or do you want to have fun? Yeah. Just make the decision. Because winning ain't all, it ain't fun until you win. The journey... <laughs> Journey <laughs> up until winning is not fun. <laughs> practice is not fun. Practice. <laughs> we talking about practice. <laughs> it's not fun. And, you know, that was the thing. I was like, you know what? Kobe may have have Kobe may have pissed a lot of people off. Some people thought he was arrogant. I said, but guess what? At the end of the day, you know him. You knew him for one thing. He was going to seek and destroy <laughs> and if, exactly if you're not a kobe fan just go and watch kobe's muse go watch it on yeah netflix. yeah yeah Col go kobe watch that on different. netflix uh, you know because like, I, I mean just to i know people that have popped both achilles i know people that have popped one achilles and these are guys yeah. who are athletic guys but these dudes don't even some people just they can't walk straight after they pop their achilles yeah they say that's no joke like that's even even once he was done when he was in a, in a locker room being interviewed and they was asking him about it and he like really you gonna ask me that because like pretty much it's like that's like a r.i.p to an athlete when that right. happens 
Right. But he, you know, man, Kobe, the man, Kobe, even his knees and everything, man, he probably supposed to been sitting down, but he was not giving up. I think, man, and that's another story, bro. I think about uh, all the stories he told, but he was telling me the story about when they had to play Vince Carter and them. He was like, it was a time when Vince was kidding the league. And he mm-hmm. said his back was in so much pain. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nah. He was like, I ain't going to give him the power to be like, oh, he ain't playing because I'm coming to town. He said, man, he played that game with the worst back pain ever. Yeah. He was just like, he wasn't going for it. Yeah. It, it, you know, one thing, one thing about, uh, about Bean is that, you know, he was, he was going to definitely get the most out of you. Um, and, you know, you know, I, I think people – I think people really started to love him when he was done. And what most people mm-hmm. get is that while he is in the top five in scoring of all time, people have to remember, he didn't even start his whole career. You right. remember them first three seasons, he he was averaging, I think, under 15 because he wasn't getting a lot of playing time because of the squad we had, right? But people don't realize, number one, he didn't even start, you know, the first, you know, he, he didn't get a lot of playing time his first three years. And they got to remember... Even after the Achilles, he 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 had to sit out the one season because of the knee. He had to sit out the other season because of the um the torn labor, well his, his uh rotator cuff or whatever. So imagine had he played those three seasons. Had imagine had he started all the all the time. Imagine had he not popped. Imagine had he not had any major injuries that kept him out for an entire season. I'm telling yeah. you right now, he might have almost gotten Kareem. He would have definitely. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. tell you what was happening. He was he was focused on passing Carl Malone for so many reasons. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was like, I, he said, I ain't trying to catch Kareem, but I definitely want. You know, he never said it out loud, but he was definitely trying to pass Carl Malone, and we know why because Carl Malone tried to hit on his wife. So yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, but you know, he realized that, that the time was running out. But you know, rest in peace, man. I just, yeah. I just, I still watch interviews of him because I, I, I love getting into his mindset. And, yeah, uh, and I can feel that that was. That's my dog. And I still think I'll be watching highlights. And I tell people, like, you don't know Kobe if you ain't watched them Friday night Houston and L.A. triple overtime games with him and T-Mac, man. They used to go at it, bro. And I tell people to this day, if T-Mac ain't get injured, and I'm sad as a Kobe fan, man, oh, T-Mac was, bro, T-Mac was different. T-Mac was a problem. (laughs) He was going to be way, man, he'd have definitely got a ring. Woo! And that was the one player that uh that was the one player that uh, uh that well actually T Mac said, yo, if I had anybody in the league to play with, he said, No, give me bean. He was like, What about LeBron? He said, Give me bean. <laughs> what about he said, Give me bean, Kobe Bean, please. Cause you yeah. I don't even want to imagine them dudes on the same team. Whew. Yeah, that have that have been, oh my God. That'd have that been different. <laughs> yeah, yeah that'd have been different, but yeah, man, this was this was great, bro. You know, like this, like I tell a lot of the guests to come on, like this ain't gonna be the last episode. You know, so we sir. definitely uh, we got to get a visual one too. You know, in person. Oh, for take sure. A trip down, take a trip down to Miami one weekend, man. I got a nice cameraman down there, as you can see. Please and thank you. Please and thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yes, yes. Yes. Sir. And you know, just continue to chop it up, but man, for real, I appreciate you, bro. Um, definitely, you know, want to thank you, give you your flowers for everything you've done for me, continue to do for me, and I think more importantly. Like how you touched on earlier, bro, from, you know, the Johnny, Kamani, Fran, Dama, TB, like, you also are invested in the people that are around me that you've met through me. And, like, man, that right there speaks volume, you know, in your character. And, you know, you you are one of a kind leader, bro. It's quotes. Like I said, you told me 
12, 13 years ago that I still keep in mind to today because like it really relates. And that was, you know, that one, dim your current desires for a brighter future. Like, and I still apply that to today. It's being 28 and it's some things you want to do or you want to splurge and you want to take trips and you want to be in design all the time. But it's like, nah, like let's dim that down and focus yep. on some more important stuff yep. that can help you. And, that, and those materialistic things or whatever, it's going to always be there. And, you yep. know, so man, I appreciate you, bro, for helping me take what it means by any means, you know, to the next level. And, you know, we locked in forever, bro. So I love you and I appreciate it. Love you too, bro. I'm proud of you. And like you said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm still honored and humble. You still use that quote and, 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 you know, and to, and to your, and to your, your squad, your family, your brotherhood, man, they know they can call me for anything. And, and the thing is, the reason is, you know, sucker free don't attract suckers. They don't. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, look, if he with you, I ain't even got, I ain't got to vet him. He's yo, you, if you stamp him, I stamp him. <laughs> facts <laughs> until you don't st- until you don't stamp him no more he good with me <laughs> it's like it's, it's like it's like a version of the mafia like yo and if you stamp him he, he good with me like yeah. all and all the people that you stamp i still rock with silas kenny er- come on man everybody we yeah all- that was like i seen you and silas and uh mike p had some uh other week and yeah. i was just looking at that like i sat back and i just smiled i was like man that's what's up like because I know Mike too. You Mike sound like y'all all three of y'all my big homies. So seeing y'all connect together, I'm like, man, that's what's up. <laughs> yep. And I'm saying Tony, uh, Johnny, Kimani, uh, you know, Fran. I don't want to miss nobody. Greg, all y'all, man. I mean, y'all know Greg, y'all right. need something, man. Y'all, y'all know y'all can call me. Y'all already know. And if I can't get it for you, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a defer to somebody else that can help you. So, man, I love yeah. you, man. I'm proud of you, man. Let's let's yeah. let's, let's get it. Already, bro, man. You already know. Ball up top. Yes, sir. <laughs> and drop your handle, too, bro. Drop your handle so the people that's listening, man, they can know where to follow you on the socials. You know, get some motivation, get some good game, and get some good life coaching. My guy, at Coach Rice 11. At Coach Rice 1, one on all social platforms. Instagram, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and uh, Facebook. And Twitter, yeah. at Coach Rice 11. And all y'all listening to, man, if y'all could do me a favor for my birthday, y'all could figure out how old my mentor, Coach Rice, is because I still don't know how old he is to this day. Hey, man, I'm I'm the same <laughs> age as I'm the same age as you. I'm a day older than yesterday and a day younger than tomorrow. <laughs> I got it, man. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you when you turn 30. <laughs> all right. Peace out, bro. All right. Peace. Thank you for tuning into Dreams by Any Means Motivation Station, where hustle plus faith equals success. Stay tuned for the next episode.